I'm Evelyn and I'm a geoholic. All right, here we are, day one of Trimble Dimensions 2022. Really excited to be here. My first time at Dimensions, and Trent was telling me just a little bit ago that this is the first one in four years. Correct. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's been four years since the last one, but like makes sense with COVID and everything else. Right. Um, so yeah, really excited to be here. A lot of really cool stuff going on. I do have to tell a really funny story. Uh, walking in this morning <laughs> to bring stuff to the booth, myself and Peta, we walked through the Trimble store area. <laughs> And I didn't realize it was a store. So we're just like, this is awesome. I'm taking the socks, this hat. And we're we're walking out like this. And the lady's like, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, like, oh, my God. She's like, this is a store. I'm like, I'm so freaking embarrassed. Yeah, you've just told everyone. Well, that's right. Don't, I don't go care. stealing shit often. No. I don't care. I don't exactly. care. So, anyways, we have uh, we have a full full table here. This is pretty exciting. I mean, again, I was telling trends. It's it's amazing to come to something like this and meet people that you feel like you've known forever. Uh, Elaine Ball is with us. Elaine, whoop, whoop. great to see you. Great, great to, to finally you. meet you in person. <laughs> Peter Cox, hello. Good Back to see again. you hey, as well. Yes. In yeah. person. In person. In person, yeah. How cool is this? Great to meet you. And of course, we have Trent Keenan. Trent? Hello, hello, hello. In your, uh, in your hometown, this is pretty cool. It is in my backyard, yeah. That's awesome. It makes it nice, yes. It really does, it really does. So, we're going to talk about Get Kids Into Survey because there's a, some really cool things happening, my understanding. So, I am really excited to get. Get it from the horse's mouth, as they say. We have Elaine here, mm. and I know Trent is going to be playing a role, a, a bigger role in Get Kids in the Survey. So, Elaine, I'm going to let you start. What what does this look like moving forward? Okay, so you know a little bit about Get Kids in the Survey, how we started You know a lot about it. Phenomenal job. And it's starting to really snowball. I even had Lee Landman, Slugsy100, on Instagram check his account out. And he said to me this morning, Elaine, what is going on? Last six months, you guys have been like crazy with Mm. your marketing. I went, it's starting to snowball. Uh And Mm -hmm. this is great. This is really good. Um, What is it? The compound effect that Albert Einstein says? So this is great. Anyways, I know we're still only scratching the surface. Mm. Like, we have got it globally, yes. But we need to speed this baby up Mm -hmm. big time. So I was scratching my head a few weeks back, literally a few weeks back, wow. just before Intergeo. And I thought, we need to franchise this baby. We need to actually get it in every single country, even state, and get it into the lingo of children's mm-hmm. speech, like yep. how they say stuff. Not just seeing pretty pictures in posters and great comic book, but actually talking the lingo. I thought the franchise model. Mm. I think it's genius. So, how so? Just my like first thought is, and you mentioned every country, yeah. And you mentioned states. Is this like what is? What's the broad stroke look like? Is it a franchise in Australia, or is it a franchise in Arizona, or is it a franchise in North America? What does that look like? Yeah. So what it looks like is we're going to split it. So quite a lot of the major countries. Finland or France, something will stand alone because mm-hmm. of the cultural difference, language barriers, that sort of thing. I, I phoned up some of my closest friends, Trent being one of them, and I sort of <laughs> said, Trent, I have got this amazing idea. What do you think? He's like, shit, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. We need to look at this. So how it looks is we're going to split US, North America, into three segments. So um, for West Coast, for example, we'll take all the sort of the states, I think it's 15 states on that side. Okay. So we're going to split it. And then I'm not quite sure how Canada's going to look yet. Um, and then also just because of the populations and like how do we work with that? Mm-hmm. And then the same with, you know, with Australia, New Zealand, you know, how we're going to work with that. So it's literally the countries, but I'm going it as, it, I'm looking at it purely from an entrepreneurial perspective because I can't be wooden about it. It needs to be flexible mm-hmm. and fluid as you want to say, but yep. we need to sort of go with it and develop it. For sure. So what do you see this allowing you to do as far as the brand goals? What's the, what's the end goal or objective? So the end goal is to literally, with that terminology, and get it mm-hmm. in. But I want to speed it up at a local level. And I, we've produced, we came up with this franchise model because it was, we're going to be able to speed this up. But the thing is, it pulled on my heartstrings. <laughs> because when I first started it, it was something I could give back as a geospatial marketeer. Mm-hmm. What I do, and it's creative and it's fun, and that's what we started with it. But it's, so, it's, it's touched on so many 
everybody all over the place in the world have gone, we need this, we need this, we need this. And you hear it from everybody in every country and I'm like, okay, this is bigger than I actually thought it was. Yeah. So I've had to make that decision to actually turn it into a business. Let your baby go. Let the baby go. Mm-hmm. But the thing uh. is, if it, it will make lots of money. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it is, if I choose the right candidates for the franchise, we can actually then, the money that they make, they can put back into charitable uh, mm. donations or charities or schools, or they're gonna have more and more cash to actually do stuff with. Because yeah. I looked at the front, I looked at um, doing the charity thing, both my lawyer and my accountant were like, shit, like, don't even go there, the rules are crazy. Mm, yeah. But you see, it was like, yeah, but what do all people think? It's like, people will go with what you say because that's how you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, right, so I need to choose these people carefully on how we're going to get this going, speed it up. So, by the way, Trent's everybody's best friend. Let's just make that clear. Um, yes. And Trent, so what is your role in this? Uh, our role would be kind of, like she says, we're, we're going to take over the West Coast. And so I have the relationships through WestFed and, and the different boards and stuff that I sit on on the West Coast. So I have I have those kind of relationships built already. So mm-hmm. our, my plan would be a franchisee to cover the Western 13 states. Okay. Um, pretty much from, say, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, all the way down to New Mexico, West, including Hawaii and Alaska. Gotcha. And, and like Elaine talked about, we, we looked at it from a standpoint of there's there's still sponsorships involved. There's still, you know, brand ambassadors that need to be involved and that kind of stuff. And so there needs to be a diverse enough group in order to make a business model out of it Mm -hmm. as well. Right. And so, um, having that population base and the geographic base that all have similar interests, right. Being West fed or Western States, we all have similar interests and that kind of stuff. So you look at it from that standpoint. And then like I've talked about on, on some other things, like unless you're fully vested into it, it's just, white noise to some degree right mm-hmm. and so unless you're unless you actually have money invested in you putting it forward which is what Elaine by going with the franchise model all of a sudden me as a brand ambassador current brand ambassador mm-hmm. have to get more and more busy right going after it and, and creating a almost a get kids in the survey army to some degree right that will get out and create a larger brand ambassador pool and so um, the, you know just some of the things that we're looking at when you're fully vested in something and you have to put your own money into it you're obviously going to make sure that it works Build on ten, yeah, 10 times yeah. faster right and so yeah. um i think it's when she first called me um, i've been a huge supporter of it since oh, you yeah. know for many years and so yeah. I, I just it, it makes the next perfect sense to take it to the next level and and just have that investment into it so gotcha. that you can so that you can grow it faster and i think that's yeah it was that's the best exactly. i think that's yeah. a, it's such an awesome idea because yeah. you can get it out there more yeah yeah get it into more schools get more people knowing about something yeah. i mean that's what we're trying to do isn't it absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah so yep. you mentioned the brand ambassadors. How do they fit into this? We've had these conversations. Um, one, uh, and again, going to that brand ambassador where right now they sign up, you know, they, they get their character, they may or may not do anything with it. And so we've looked at models where maybe you're, you're charging for that brand ambassador. Um, some of the things, all of the resources that have been free in the past maybe go behind, uh, you know, a locked, kind of a locked page and then reach out to a brand ambassador if you're looking for coloring books or you're looking for lesson plans, that kind of stuff. These are just conversations we had, early yeah. conversations, but um, mm-hmm. we're not 100% sure where it's going, but that's what we're looking at, again, having skin in the game, right? And so that brand ambassador would pay X monthly fee, yearly fee, whatever the case is, and then if anybody needs those resources, they go to a brand ambassador yeah. so that, that way they start that connection and that conversation with the teachers, the parents, the grandparents, whatever the case may be. And yeah. so um, that's what we're looking at, again, creating a larger brand ambassador that you have in each one and when you have skin in the game you're going to make sure that you yeah. have it's that having, voice this is the thing it's like and this is what we're thinking about what value can we provide the brand ambassadors because yep. they're the troops yep. you know and there's a lot of guys out there that are doing stuff a lot of stuff which is great and so we need to have reward them for that i don't know what that looks like yet so ideas are good for this yeah but yep. how do we build on that and build them as their own brands because they're the guys that are actually going, the girls and guys are going in and like helping to, to scale this. Yeah, and going back, you know, like what she talked about there too, where it's almost similar to, you know, maybe some of them are just getting into it, some of them are younger and they don't have maybe the life coach, the mentor, the geospatial marketing aspect that, that Elaine brings to it and that kind of stuff. And so those are all resources that will be available to a brand ambassador moving forward, yeah. right? And so yeah. you just have this large network of people to, to help 
yeah. help you personally, right, from a life coach standpoint or whatever, yeah. marketing standpoint to help grow your business. It's awesome. So, I love it. I yeah. love it. We have, we have like the Geospatial Marketing Academy, mm-hmm. and one of the things I was thinking with the Brand Ambassador Network is actually having some kind of Geospatial Marketing Academy book for brand ambassadors related to hmm. building their own brands yep. or how career development skills yep. or how to recruit yourself, how to get into different companies. That's all in my head that I'm currently building up on paper at the moment. Yeah. So that can go as part as if they're if they're paying to be a brand yeah. ambassador, mm-hmm. they're going to get they get access access yep. to that yeah. as well. So there's all sorts of things going. I love it. On. Which is it. great, Trent, when you say that you get you know you're trying to get younger people to do that and yeah. be. I mean, we talk about the age of surveyors and stuff, and I really believe that we need the younger surveyors correct. out there. Correct. Putting the sure. face of surveying, yeah. yeah. So this is fantastic. yeah. We've yeah. had those conversations, yeah. right? Like having those, you know, young surveyors, YSNs, whatever, out in front of the the students at the school mm. level, mm-hmm. because you know, like we've talked about them before, they can they can relate to somebody who's three, four, five, six years out of yeah. high school and look exactly. look where I'm at, and I'm only I graduated high school five years ago, right? And look yeah. where my career is, and look where yeah. I'm headed, and that yeah. kind of stuff. And so they can relate better to. To the school presentations, mm-hmm. if you have mm-hmm. the younger people in yeah. there, right? And you know, yeah. we've we've had those conversations, and from like a workforce development side as well, and and people are like, yeah, but I I enjoy your life experiences, right? Meaning mine or or any one of us at this table. Like, I love to hear about your life experiences, and maybe when we have the younger kids, they don't have necessarily the, the same life experience. And so I think that, like anything, like we're trying to build the profession from a you know inclusion and, and demographic standpoint, you have that same thing at a career fair, right? It's not just the. Yeah. 25-year-old or 19-year-old there, it's yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a diverse mix. Yeah, for this, sure. this is why we started in the first place, yeah. though, because, like, when when the TSA said to me, oh, why don't you put some, you know, information in the packs at the AGF for the surveyors, mm. I said, tell you what, I'll put it, I'll put the poster in the packs and show, actually, so the surveyors can take it and say, this is what mummy does, this is what daddy does, you know. Yeah. You know, it, it was just something fun, but it's just, like, actually, it's so important, you know, the, the different areas that you can go off into and everything, so, yeah. So, let me ask you this. I know... Um, I mean, I've been a supporter of uh, Get Kids Into Survey, you know, from its inception. Um, and the one thing I've said is, you know, what's next for that? Is this going to allow you guys to, like, open it up to, like, a broader demographic or age group? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> no. Because, like, I, like, I get kids into survey, and I'm like, okay, so maybe the next thing is keep kids into survey or, yeah. or whatever. But I've seen Trent do a... Uh, Get people into survey. Get people into survey hashtag lately. That's right. And I was just curious if that had something to do with this this uh, partnership. No, there wasn't so much with the partnership. Okay. Just a matter yeah. of yeah, just a matter of getting people right. At this mm-hmm. point, it's anything. Whether it's the middle schoolers, the elementary schools, yeah. all the way through the working adult. Yeah. Um, you know, the the transitioning out of the militaries. We're gonna take get people at this point, right? Yep. Yeah. And so uh, well, this is this yeah. goes back to like. Yeah. You know, with the posters. I mean, I'm laughing at some of the people, the guys that are putting the posts up in their in their offices, yeah. and they're, te- they're showing their admin staff how what surveyors get up to and like the wider profession does. And it's it's all education. Yeah. It's all really good education. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a brand awareness, right? Those are the brand awareness tools for Gickens and the survey that kind of stuff. It's yeah. it's a talking point to get yeah to get the conversation started, right? So conversation started. We have something else. Oh, that's wait, but wait, there's what? more. More. <laughs> So we're here at Dimensions, and Microsoft are the key sponsor. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and get my, no, I'm not going to try. I'm going to get my ass into Microsoft, because they own Minecraft. Ooh. Yeah. So can you imagine getting survey in Minecraft? Fantastic. It's a great and idea. Yes. I'm just like, right, Yorkshire Terrier. Okay, <laughs> I was just going like, to say, if anybody can pull this off, it's, <laughs> it's going to be anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. exactly. For sure. But the thing is, then it goes back to that getting that jargon into the every kid's terminology. Yeah. People will be saying it because there's stuff happening already in Minecraft that they're using, coordinates yeah. and all sorts. Like, we now need to emphasize on that. We have that one in the maths department in New South Wales. There's a teacher who is using Minecraft to, to position themselves and to travel into yeah. the city in Melbourne and all this kind of stuff and, and using the bearings and the heights and all of this kind of stuff yeah. and to be able to do calculations and bringing it back to that surveying background, yeah. which is awesome. Well, I just thought, if I'm going to go big, I'm going to go big. Sod yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to have to yeah. go big. Why not? You know, not just scratching around, enjoying this, doing a little bit here and that. I mean, don't get me wrong, we've done an amazing job, yeah. but now we need to go even 
bigger. Yeah, yeah. And your team's growing a little bit. Yes. They get kids into survey team. Um, so what, how many how many employees, I guess, do you have now? So we have the four, and then we have subcontractors, because okay. we've got the, with the marketing consultancy as well. Yeah. So we've got that. We've got a nice team of key account managers. Um, but the thing is, with, with that, we've just promoted Erin. So Erin Hull. Right. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, she is a rock star. So she came on board, um, recommended through my horse physio. Yes, we huh. have physios <laughs> for horses. Wow. And he, he just said, um, you need to speak to Elaine. She's done a geography, environmental geography degree. They didn't want to talk about survey in it, which was quite scary. Um, but anyway, I just hired her on her personality. She's got just a great personality and she wants to yeah. get on. And two years she's been with me doing assistant work, doing getting involved with like the social media side of things, mm-hmm. developing it and just getting involved with the brand ambassadors and the sponsorship. And I thought, you are more than this now. Two years and like you could be running a whole team of people. Yeah. So I've got lots of things I've been pushing her to do stuff. Sure. And she's great for a 22-year-old. She's just like, yeah, give me it, give me it, give me it. And it's great. She keeps getting loads of job offers, which is even more hilarious. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not leaving Elaine Ball. Uh, come on, do you? Stay here. It's awesome. amazing that generation, how fast they learn. And they just, really? they're like starved for information. Yeah. And they pick it up so quickly. It's incredible. But you just got to, I've just left her to it. Like, I'll yeah. dump her in it and I'll stress her out a little bit. Like, when we were out at um, Intergeo the other week, I mean, Tim came up to us and was like, do I do a podcast? She's like, oh, oh. And I'm like, do it. And she's like, yeah, okay. And she was brilliant. Yeah. I was like, see? She went, it's just confidence building. It's just, yeah. young, you know, the young ones and pushing them a little bit, just not scaring them, but getting them out of their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So you mentioned earlier about the selection process for the, uh, for the franchisees. Yeah. What does that look like? Passion. For the industry I mean, and is the it profession. Like, do people apply to become a franchisee? Are yeah, you like absolutely. targeting certain people or what is what So that? I've targeted sort of about 15 folks of the key people that I know. They might not necessarily be the right person for the franchise, yeah. but they'll know of people. Yeah. So Trent being one of them straight away, I was like, Freddie yeah. Martin, there's like a few other people I can't name yet that are also in Sure, the, of course. At yep. the <laughs> end, they're going to be signing the agreement shortly, but yeah. keep that under wraps at the moment. Yeah. But I, I have that passion has got to be number one thing. We move, we move that to the top thing. Mm-hmm. But they need to want to be invested in it. There's, they've got to put money into it because it's, you know, they need skin in the game as that, that term keeps popping up. Yeah. Um, and it, it's all about that future. And we're all on the same level to up level and to get into the future. So that's, yeah. what, that's what we're aiming at. Yeah. yeah. How many are you aiming at over? My idea is to get three by Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I've got two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then it's going to be one a quarter because mm-hmm. we've got to train them. So it's all about training and, and making sure that the service level is top notch. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trent is literally a guinea pig. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, good at, I'm good, good at choice. Yeah. I'm good choice. At best. Yeah. <laughs> but because choice. it's a learning. I mean, I've got franchise experience from MDL days, but yeah. you know that was selling a product. This is a service. This is a you know yes, we've got a product. But it's how then we get it into everything, and, and that's going to take some learning on, you know, mm-hmm. the franchisee and the franchisor's mm, perspective. Yeah. And we've got to work as a team. So, and yes, there's going to be bumps in the road, but it's the bigger picture. Yeah, sure. sure. I think that's the thing about finding the right person. Yeah. It's like in any company, no matter what you do, if you've got the right people around you, the right team, they're going to, yeah. they're going to build it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got ideas for Australasia and. Um, Areas. I'm excited. Mm. This is great news. It's very exciting, isn't it? For sure. And you guys, uh, I think all three of you are presenting at Dimensions this year, right? Yes. Trent, what do you? What do you? Yeah, I'm on a on a panel this afternoon with uh, Elaine and uh, surveying with Robert and then uh, okay. Michael Dix from Trimble. Um, we have a social media conversation this afternoon, nice. and then uh, Peter, myself, Davy Edwards, and Amy Northcutt for. On a presentation on upskilling the uh, next generation. So, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. awesome. So, that's gonna be a good one. Both, uh, both of them are gonna be great conversations. But the the verse. Uh, Mine's up, gonna be better. Yeah, the one with the with the, <laughs> with Peter. You know, we have we have Peter with what she's trying to develop. Uh, you know, no, then we sorry, bring. No, the, no, trying. Uh, not, sorry, building. Uh, what building, building. What it she has going, built. It is. It is yes. going. <laughs> Wrong words. Yes. My apologies. Uh, Sensitive. Then, <laughs> I know. <laughs> And then we have it's my baby. <laughs> it is, and then Davy Edwards from the like the university side, um, and then of course mentoring Mondays comes into play yep. with just you know educating the existing workforce, and so um, and then, and then a- Amy, a- Amy coming from Trimble, Trimble. education, yeah, yeah. she's yes. on the education side of Trimble, so that's awesome. And they're a brand, and they're kind of their outreach and what they're doing. So yeah, really, exciting. they're gonna be fun. We're gonna have fun. Yeah. 
Really exciting. Um, before we let you guys get out of here, anything else that you want to talk about? Watch this space. No, she does. <laughs> I love it. I love it's, it. Uh, just moving. keep your eyes on what we're doing. Get kids in yeah. 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 Just see. Yeah. There's lots of very exciting things coming. Yeah. For sure. Well, congratulations on the success of it. I knew it would get there, no doubt about it. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is a huge step for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and congrats, good. Trent, for uh, being yeah. the guinea pig. I have reason. I love it. I love that kind like of stuff, a, though. I, 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 I think love I, that stuff. I'd rather call him a lab rat. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> so he's sitting there with the biggest grin on his face. <laughs> he's going, oh, this Always. is so exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Have a, yeah. have a good rest of the conference. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Thank you. All right. Our next guest is Brian. Brian, I'll tell you what, let's just do a quick self-introduction. Give us your name, uh, who you work for, and what you do. All right. My name is Brian Claxton. I'm out of Austin, Texas. I uh, work for a company called Spall Glass Construction. So we're all over the Texas region. Uh, I'm a VDC manager, or VDC specialist. Okay. So I handle all the coordination for MEP and layout, everywhere from GPS to total station to laser scanning. Nice. Drone. You know, so. Yep. So for the listeners, uh, what is VDP? VDC. VDC. What is yep. that? What is uh, that? Virtual for? Uh, virtual design construction. Okay. Uh, you also have what's called BIM managers. It's yep. Same type thing. Same type. Gotcha. Some um, companies call it one. Some call it the other. Okay. So Never heard of it before. I, yeah, I haven't heard that term. That's why mm -hmm. I was just wanting yeah. to clarify. Uh, so. Is it Spa Glass? Spa Glass. Okay. S P A W G L A S S. Okay. And uh, tell us a little bit about that company. Uh, we are a general contractor, roughly about 700 employees throughout the uh, wow. Texas region. So we okay. have all the way from Dallas to Corpus Christi, Harlingen, I mean, all yeah. over Austin, Houston. Okay. So we are general contractors. We do a little bit of everything. We have civil divisions. We have. Uh, uh, we do a lot with like UT, Texas State, gotcha. uh, uh, College Station, all of them. I mean, San Marcos, all of the different colleges. Yeah. Uh, we do a lot with uh, uh, HEBs around around the country I and mean, around the state. Now oh. starting to get everywhere, but okay. Uh, so we do a little bit of everything. We don't do apartments stuff like that. We do we don't do high rises at the moment, but yeah. we mainly do uh, uh, like infrastructure stuff. Like that, so. Okay. So are, are you a, a provider, like a service provider? We are a general For, contractor, so we okay. have we we hire the subs, so we uh, we contract all the uh, all the yeah. they're doing as far as you know yeah. uh, design builds or anything else. Mm -hmm. So, so in the position you're in, uh, do you deal with like digital twins and things like that? Is that yeah part of that vocabulary? Yeah, so I uh, I handle all the either uh, laser scanning or getting all the models together to mm -hmm. uh, get as built and to, so I can provide it. Whether we do it uh, virtually, giving them uh, you know AR or VR, we do that to help with uh, coordination and clashing. We also uh, provide models at the end for them yeah. for as built. Mm. So, so Brian, what's your background if you're working on that? Uh, construction forever. Construction. <laughs> uh, construction and computers. So um, I mean, I've been in construction for a long time. I've worked for uh, computer companies for a while, uh, offshore drilling, but mainly in construction. I started out. My father was an architect. In a, uh, we built houses and stuff, mm -hmm. and then from there, I mean, when I got into main construction, I started a, as a uh, just a field engineer on layout. Yeah. So I've done surveying and layout with total stations for a long time. Yeah, and then it just kind of grew from there. Instead of doing the layout outside, now I'm doing the layout on the computer. Yeah, yeah. That term field engineer has come up a lot it lately. Has I was yeah. I like that term actually. Yeah. Some surveyors maybe don't like that term. Mm, so that's sure. always been a, a controversy. So you know, surveyors don't like to be called field engineers. Field engineers don't like to be called surveyors. And then, interesting. So like my company, we decided instead of doing field engineers because you know we constantly get asked. Where are they actually stamped engineers? Well, no. Yep. So we just call them field or layout techs. Okay. That's, our, that's our guys that do the layout. Just layout techs. Playing that. around with words a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Just mm -hmm. Making everybody out. happy. Yeah, exactly. So what's for at a conference like this, there's got to be a lot for you to, oh, yeah. to glean from this. Oh, yeah. I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a geek, so this is, this is great for me. Yeah. So. yeah. What's some of the cool stuff you've seen so far? Uh, I mean, any of the robotics and laser scanning and drones. I mean, yeah. all of them. I, I've just started walking around, but yeah. it's a lot of stuff to look at so yeah. far. So where do you see the biggest advancements taking place? 
in like as far as the scanning technology goes. Um, you know, for a while they're like, I remember the first scanners that came out. You know, they were these freaking monster Regal, whatever. I can't remember what that thing was, but it was like yeah. 80 pounds. Yeah. It took like three people to get it up on a tripod. Just the mobility of them now is just amazing. I Unbelievable, mean, right? They once you move from one spot to another, it's tracking itself. Yep. Whether it's just like for one of the bigger ones or the small ones, and it's just the easeability of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I first rented one, they handed me the to- the the laser and. The, uh, the you know the iPad and said here go and yeah. I went out there and in a day you can learn it yeah. I can teach anybody how to how to scan it now the raw processing at the end takes yes. a little bit more time but to yeah. go out and just scan I can give it to anybody so so what do you think mm. about the mobile scanners like the the Navis uh-huh. the wearable scanner I and haven't used one yet but that's something really you guys neat. might think yeah. about incorporating yeah, absolutely and then the, the the dog you know like the Boston Dynamics dog right. of course I'm sure that's running around here somewhere yeah, I got oh, a couple yeah. of them over there Is I that? haven't seen them running around yet but so funny. A couple so of years ago at, uh, uh, at Autodesk University, they had one. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. nice. I remember okay. that one. Nice. So I have a question because okay. we're talking about scanning and you can take it out and give it to anybody mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So do you get surveyors involved to actually put it all together, have your points of, you know... For the control? Yeah, the control. Of well, yeah, so our layout techs, we'll get them to put control points out and we're either, you know... You can either put them on uh, columns or actually put our control points on the ground. Yeah, and we we starting to incorporate it with the with the drones now too. So yeah, I mean, there's a couple of drones with the, with pretty good lidar lidar and scanners on them now too. So yeah, no question. But and it's a good question uh, that Peter brings up. I was at the Reality Capture Network conference mm-hmm. in Boise here three weeks ago or whatever. And I was like, you know, one of maybe eight surveyors that were there. The other 200 plus people were, you know, folks just like yourself. They were yeah. just scanning experts and, you know, reality capture, this and that. And we had a, a panel of all the surveyors uh, talking about the importance of getting a surveyor involved to be able to accurately constrain the scans and everything. And, you know, some of the people in the room, like, wow, I didn't even realize that, you know. So kind of scary, you know, some of the stuff that's going on out there, and it definitely affects the accuracy and the deliverable if you don't constrain it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing I can bring to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, 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 that's good. It's good to look into. <laughs> the cookies are a big hit. Look at them. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. So what are you excited about moving forward? Uh, uh, Just trying to bring some of this back to the uh, company and making them use it. Are you the only person here from Spa Glass? Yes. Okay. That's another interesting thing as well because we were talking about going to conferences and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And the people that are going aren't taking it back to teach everybody else and give them the ideas and and what they've learned from these conferences. I love love that. No, uh, and that's one of the the cultures of Spall Glass is uh, if you want to go out and learn something, they're they're sending you to go do it. Okay, go do it, but you have to come back and you have to tell us about it. Fantastic. We have to present what what you're going to do. So so we bring back this technology and we'll try to implement it as much as possible. Yeah, great uh, great company culture. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Love it. Well, hey, good to meet you. Great talking to you. Is there anything else you want to chat about? No, I think we're good, man. Yeah? Awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. Great to meet you. Have a good rest of your conference. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. All right. We have Tom with us, spelled T-H-O-M. Interesting spelling. Mm. Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, just name, who you work for, and what you do. Um, yeah, Tom. I, Tom DuPont. I'm a land surveyor, professional land surveyor for Bowman Consulting. Nice. Um, I've been with them for about four years, been serving about 21 years. Um, and we do everything um, from boundary survey to road construction to a lot of work on the mines. Yep. Um, full service surveying and, and engineering. Yeah. Uh, consulting firm. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we were talking a little bit before we jumped on here that I worked for Bowman previously. Yeah. yeah. I had about a four or five year run there um, a while back. And uh, we know a lot of the same people because yes. you're from Arizona as well, working at the Safford office. Yep. Um, and you mentioned the mine surveying. I know when I was at Bowman, that's when the mines were going crazy. I'm not sure are they are they going crazy again, or is it is it still kind of down? No, it's it's been going crazy. We're actually keep expanding our footprint on the mines we're working at. Nice. And um, and, and you know, really, it's um, while some of their innovations and, and projects are based on the market. It's, yep. They also have like goals they have to meet. If they need a new leach pad, 
guess what? Yeah. They need loot, new leash bag, no matter what copper's going for. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're staying busy on that for sure. That's awesome. And I know uh, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, we both know Jonathan. When I left, he was like really starting to get into using the drones, of course, a lot more. He's, Is that something you guys are, are using quite a bit of? Absolutely. He's he's flying three or four days a week. Really? Uh, we've got a whole a fleet of, nice. of, of birds now. It's awesome. Uh, uh, a team of processing. I mean, it's 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 really part of our deliverables now that we're getting with the with the uh, software is, uh-huh. is amazing. So. Right, right. Um, so, what are you most excited about being here at Trimble Dimensions? Well, it was my first time at Trimble Dimensions. Um, it's really I, I I'm looking forward to meeting a whole bunch of other. Of course. Of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, surveyors and like-minded people's people of industry and yeah. um, um, taking little tidbits from some of the classes, you know, uh, seeing if I can get a few more pointers to help streamline, and then just seeing all the new tech. Like I, I had it's not crazy. seen mm-hmm. that walking dog. Yeah, uh, and I mean that thing's amazing. Uh, I'm a little worried. Hey, uh, you know, is that going to replace me here after a bit? I mean, it really, really yeah. kind of says if that's where the industry is going, you know, stay with the tech. If you don't, mm. you're not going to. You're gonna get left behind. Hey, you could not have said it any better than that, right there. Because uh, I think a lot of people, especially maybe the older generation of surveyors, uh, is intimidated by that technology. Um, you know, obviously, what used to take three people to do now can be done with a one-person crew. And you know, with the uh, the advances that the scanning technology is taking on, uh, it's it's crazy. You know, it, it literally could replace people. No, I you don't gotta, agree. You got to stay with it. No, I'm saying you got to stay up on the technology. Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. got to stay up on the technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, still I, I think I think your role changes. You know, yep. I mean, you know, so maybe there's a little less sweat out in the field and a little more time in the office. Nothing yeah. wrong exactly. with that. Um, yeah, well, and, and yeah, I, I think that's. I think there's still always going to be a, a, a spot for that mom and pop surveyor. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the guy that just wants to do it. You know, boundary surveys, but that's. Like, not necessarily where the industry's going, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, we rarely do just a boundary survey for folks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's because we're getting a bigger market because we've using the technology of today. Yep. But we're here to see the technology for tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Well said. Yep. What you got, Peter? So that's where I guess the um, we do drop down with the surveyors if going away from the land surveying into all of the bigger infrastructure stuff and. Like, is boundaries going to be that important soon? Are we going to have surveyors yeah. anymore? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably, that's the one thing we're going to have to do is well, the legal side of it. You know, I mean, you can have, like, yeah. in Arizona, I mean, anybody can go out and do a topo, basically. You know, these engineering firms can send out an engineer to do a topo if they want to, you know? Yeah. Um, but the boundary is the one thing I think, you know, a, a licensed surveyor will always, always have their grip For the on. determination. To come up with yes. a professional opinion to determine yes. the boundary. Agreed. So, but I, I think that's where, like, the GIS, like, we, we failed. And, and missed the boat on that one. Missed the boat on that one. So here's the correction. Yeah. You know, we've got the this virtual stuff now. What When we get to a point where the surveyors are determined that boundary, yep. and then then that property, you know, what if we don't get, get to a point without pins? You know, where yeah. you're there, they're grabbing their phone. They can see where their property line is. Yeah. It's virtual reality. Yes. And assign that that property corner in perpetuity and, and you know it gets rid of the gaps you know uh, you know is, is the the legal description eventually going to be dodo bird you mm. know where right. it, it'll be a digital legal description but in the form of line work that's interesting geo-referenced interesting never thought about that I mean, I, I'm I not know, not knowing too much about it, but that's basically my uh-huh. understanding what what uh, BLM is doing in Alaska. Uh. They're not actually um, setting corners on some of the areas that haven't been surveyed. They're assigning it a geodetic coordinate, and that is its position. I'm not opposed to that. So, but does that not mean once it's been positioned yeah. and and the data's there? There's no need for a surveyor anymore when it's in the system. That's what I mean. Like, but there's a whole world to get surveyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what true. about what Very about true. what about splits? You know. And what yeah. about you know? I, mean, I don't. The roles will change. And, and then even then, what you know, construction isn't solving. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of automation here. So, you know, um, honestly, I, I went to the keynote. Did you guys go to the keynote? 
Missed it. Missed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was there was parts of it, you know, some of this automation, for, you know, being a little older, feels a little either like Terminator or you know, like making sure these these uh, robots don't turn on us, <laughs> and uh, or, or maybe um, Wally. Yeah. You know. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. that we're we're yeah. all just going to be consumers because yeah. everybody who's working. Yeah. They don't need the actual workers anymore. Right. The trades. I mean, it's right, while right. surveying is, to me. A thought process you have to have, you know. Yep. I mean, we're doing a lot of, of. It's a bit of an art. It's a bit of an art. Yep. I mean, there's that opinion part, and then there's, uh, uh, but it's still a trade. It's yep. a trade that that it's a skilled trade. You know, it's yep. not uh, just swinging a hammer, or driving nails. You know, you have to you have to be <laughs> be a little smarter. And of course, some people would argue with you, and say it's not a trade; it's a profession. It's it's both. It's I, I mean I agree. So. Yes. so, so do you take that trade and, and become a professional and, and have that highest accountability and responsibility? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a professional answer. I took that yep. next step. I took those exams. Yep. Okay. Um, but I've got guys that, you know, 25, 30 years on a crew chief, you know, is that, is that a trade at that point? I mean, he's made a career out of, out of it. Um, I mean, he's, he's, not classified as a professional, yep. but it, he's had a rewarding career. You know, uh, um, I, I, I mean, I honestly think that some of those guys are not valued enough in our industry. Agree, hundred percent. So he has no formal qualifications, or he does uh, he, have he's a. Got, he's got twenty-five years of experience. Experience, but no educational qualifications. He, yeah. You know, um, he well, went to the high Navy, school diploma. Yeah, yeah, whatever. No, but yeah. no yeah. surveying qualification. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, the thing he, is, in he Arizona, he didn't do the CST program. He didn't do. He didn't go to, to college yeah. for it or yeah. anything else. He he's learned. Just learned it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know. what do you call them? Like the, not diploma. Don't you have a word for that in your program? Like if you're not, you know, if you're not, if you don't have a formal education, technical or something. Oh, the technical surveyors is what we are when we get our diploma. Okay. So, there's people out there that that don't. Um, don't have any qualifications, but they still just call themselves a surveyor. I mean, I call myself a surveyor. Sure. But I'm not a land surveyor. I'm not a registered surveyor. So yeah. it's, it's, it's such a great area, you know. And uh, to me, I think it's like in Arizona, you know, as you know, it's one of the few states that doesn't require any post-secondary education at all. That's how I got mine. I've got mine through work experience, yeah. through apprenticeship. Yep. And then I studied the same books. I had to do it self-taught, uh-huh. take the same exams. Yep. And I think that is a better way to go, to be honest with you, because you and I are a lot alike in that. Like, my degree is in architecture, and I took the longest road possible becoming a licensed surveyor. (laughs) Uh, I still don't get how an architect can... (laughs) Zero regrets whatsoever. But the thing is, I had an amazing mentor early in my career, you know? And I worked with this gentleman for 12 years, and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. There's no doubt about it. I started off, I took some CAD classes in high school. I was, I was more focused on an engineering track. Mm-hmm. Got hired with a, a small firm. They needed help out in the field. Yeah. After two weeks, I I changed my goal. Oh, uh, I mean, so interesting. And and, 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 and <laughs> once I found out, like talking to the surveyor there, like, hey, I can get this through an apprenticeship. I said, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, instead of finishing up a college degree to get the civil, um, I, I I'm paying myself. You know, I, I paid myself through college. Yep. Basically, mm. and, and became a professional. Yeah, so yeah. I love it. Falling I love these into conversations. It again. There's people that yep. don't know anything about surveying or, or want to do something completely different, and yep. then just kind of fall into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I. It's funny going back to my old my old house. Uh, I didn't know there was a section corner. Actually, not a section corner, but it's a it's a boundary corner yeah. for a, uh, a, a prison. Not, I walked by the monument every day. There's a brass cap, three-inch brass cap. You know, didn't know what it was. Yeah, saw it every day. <laughs> you know, That's um, great. so it, now now it has a little more meaning. Now it has meaning. Now I take pictures <laughs> okay. of them when I find them out in the wild. Oh, right? yes. another one. Yes, I love that. I walk around and I'm constantly taking pictures. I haven't seen anything here though. 
I need to go I, for yeah, a long yeah. go, go find you a stone with a you know one quarter chiseled on it. You know, you, you know. That's amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I it's mean, really it just graffiti. Like, I literally just got the chills yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. You find nice clean notches. Oh, yeah. Man, there's nothing better. Like, yeah. In that, your neck of the woods where you survey, you see a lot more of that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Phoenix proper, so like you, you have, have to go. To dig. You, you have, have to go outside, <laughs> you know, of the Phoenix general, uh, you know, sprawl in order to see stuff like that. I remember not too long ago, I was, uh, I say that it's probably been seven or eight years, we're working on a solar field, uh, breaking down four townships, and uh, we're doing a, a walk on the perimeter with the, the clients, and uh, I point out a stone, and they said, how do you know it's that stone? I said, well, it's the, the graffiti on it, you know, yeah. the one slash four. Yep. I mean, they, they had no idea that that could be a monument. So cool. You know. So awesome. Man, enjoyed the conversation, Tom. Great to meet you. Nice to meet Anything you. Anything else you want to throw out there before we uh, before we let you go? Um, no, just uh, I, so who? I, I guess I'm curious who yeah. uh, on the podcast, I and mean, mm-hmm. that's what I, I listen to podcasts like, mm-hmm. on the road and everything else. Yep. It looks like I need to find a new one to listen to. Here. <laughs> so, I mean, what's what's your audience? Is it? Uh, yeah. So uh, we started this about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we just released our 150th episode, and we're just about to hit 100,000 listeners. But I mean, uh, the ge- geoholics. Yeah, I mean, so that- geospatial was kind of the premise of it. Yes. It's like me and my buddy, you know, three years ago, we're sitting around like, there's no podcast for surveyors. No. And there was nothing at the time. Uh, so we just started it, like, basically out of our garage, and uh, it just took on a life of its own, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's been doing very, very well. But is it mostly well. people in the geospatial community? For the most part, it, it still is that. But now, you know, we're to the point now where we have a, a, a global footprint. And, you know, we have surveyors on from all over the world. We have, you know, just geospatial professionals in general on from all over the world. From could be, you know, a, a, a you know, BIM person, scanning person, a drone person, whatever. Anybody, we'll talk to anybody, basically. Anybody has... I say everybody's got a story, and it's our job to get people talking. And then, but is it just an APLS conference where you're sitting there drink, oh God, drinking no. beers and saying, "Ah, this one time," and there's a pin cushion? Uh, I mean, yeah. is, it, is it? Or are you guys are you guys talking about? Yeah. you know, tech. I mean, what what's, tech? What's, everything. What's yeah. The, Listen, key us up on Spotify, okay, and uh, you'll see what we're all about. Wait, man, we kind of my my goal was to always be like the Joe Rogan of geospatial podcasts. Gotcha. So okay. you know, we have a studio in Phoenix and we, you know, like you said, we are drinking beers and whiskey through the show typically. We record once a week. So we record on Wednesdays and we release on Mondays uh, against PETA's will. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then so. we travel around. We go to shows and conventions and things like that, and do this, and then we'll stitch all these interviews together and make one big, uh, you know, Trimble Dimension Twenty Two show. Cool. So. Well, I'm glad to be a part awesome, of it. Awesome, man. Yeah. You're a geoholic now. Yeah. Welcome right. to the family. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Great to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Uh, Somebody sitting down with us now that I've been looking forward to forever meeting. We have Luke with us and we have Ethan with us. I'm going to let you guys just quick introduction, give us your name, who you work for, and uh, what you do. You want to go first, Luke? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Luke Woodyard. I work for uh, QK4 Inc. out of Louisville, Kentucky. I'm, the, uh, I'm a crew chief and the scanning specialist for our office. Nice. How about you, Ethan? Uh, my name is Ethan Carr. also work for uh, QK4 out of Louisville. I'm a crew chief as well. And I'm the associate coordinator of the Kentucky Young Surveyors Network. Oh, nice. Wow. Hey, before we go any further, can I just say I am so excited to meet Luke because I've interviewed him on my podcast. Oh, you have, have you? Defining Boundaries. Just throw that one in there. (laughs) Free plug, don't get used to it. Yeah, free plug, don't get used to it. (laughs) No, it's pretty amazing sitting here and watching all of these people that I've met on social media. And everybody's just like meeting friends that you haven't seen for a while. It's it's almost like last night I almost felt like I was getting a little emotional. Yeah. Like yeah. meeting Elaine Ball and know. you know meeting Peta, it's like I feel like I know these people. We just never physically met. Yes. You know? Yeah, we had a similar surreal moment this Did morning you? in the morning session. Yeah, we got yeah. to meet Lee and some other people. We were oh, like, yeah. oh, you oh know, yes. yeah, we've seen you everywhere, and now we're finally you know meeting you in person. We've, we've yeah. talked on Zoom, we've messaged and everything else, and then you run into them. It's like you finally get to meet yeah, them. It's, it's a crazy. totally different experience. Yeah, crazy, yeah. We crazy. saw we saw Lee last night. Yeah. Yeah. 
Slugsy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's supposed to stop by. We got to chat with him for oh, sure. Yeah. Gotta yeah. Get him on here. So, Luke, mention your uh, your side gig. Oh, man. So, my side gig uh, is the, the main reason I came to Dimensions was to deliver wallets. So, the, <laughs> the fine leather goods that I, I make on the side uh, with uh, Woodyard Leather Company. You can look us up on Instagram. I'll, I'll throw that plug in there if you're going to let me. Go so, for it. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's just me and myself and I just having fun after work, relaxing and unwinding, finding something to do other than think. <laughs> How did you get into it? Uh, there, honestly, there's a wallet that I wanted. Um, and couldn't find anywhere. Nobody made it. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out myself and and go for it. And it's just turned into making all kinds of other stuff. That's so cool. Mine's in my back pocket right now. There you go. Yeah, we've all got them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. How about you, Ethan? Do you have any any side hustles? Uh, No side hustles. I just, you know, enjoy getting out in the woods, hunting, fishing, all things outdoors. Yep. So do you guys live in Louisville then? No, we both live in Frankfurt, so we're about okay. 30 minutes. If you know where Louisville's at and you know where Lexington's at, we're, like, right in the middle of the two. Okay. So the state yeah. capital, if you want to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Nobody ever knows I've it. looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, Ethan's my understanding, you're at least a second-generation surveyor. Yep. Is yep. it go beyond that? Uh, no, it does not. It's just my dad was a surveyor, and uh, he got into it. He worked for uh, worked for Fish and Wildlife out of high school. Okay. Uh, started out doing some construction stuff, and then made a lateral jump to the engineering side of stuff, got on, and, uh, you know, no college uh, education, uh, got into it, and that's back when you could still do it off of uh, education, yep. and got into it, you know, buckled down, studied for it, passed, and, you know, he went on from there. Yeah. So Kentucky, um, they, they do have a post-secondary education requirement now, yeah, right? Yeah, started that in Is it two or four years? Four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> There's a uh, mixed feelings on that one. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's. I think it's a it's a good thing, you know, in general to get the basics down and stuff like that. But I'll, I think you could also do that with a two year, you know, a two year degree and sure. be able to get that. There's no two year option. The only options we have are a ABTE accredited survey school four years yeah. or a civil engineering, you know, four year degree or any four year degree with 24 credit hours of surveying, which is hard to find you know it's hard to get teachers for that's something i think everybody's you know fighting with right now is finding people to teach and get back into it and give back and uh kentucky's one of those states where it's not a rectangular system it is not it is meets and bounds good old meets and bounds um i worked in southern illinois for a long time and like not like i don't know i guess 30 40 minutes from paducah yeah and we did some work in kentucky um the owner of the company was licensed of course but so i got drug into you know trying to analyze some of these surveys and I'm like, this is stupid. Oh man! <laughs> but then at the same time, it makes sense. It, it there if if it's done right, if you get somebody who does it right and follows the rules and what they're supposed to do, and you know, post everything like they need to, it's it's great. Yeah. You can follow it up easy, yeah. and it, it doesn't cost you you know a lot of time. But then there's the days where you get the deed, like I pulled the other day, that's to the oak tree, to the walnut mm-hmm. tree, mm-hmm. to the cut down white oak, and it's like. You're using a cut down white oak. This deed's 100 years old. There's no way I'm going to find that. Stump, still standing, stump's definitely yeah. gone. Stump, stump's no longer there. So what's the first step in this? Like when you're doing a survey like that to retrace that? I mean, what's like the first thing you look for? Uh, Anything, I guess. So I guess first, you know, you're just going to, you know, pull all your deeds for the subject property and all the adjoining properties. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, make sure everything matches up. And do and, they match more times than that or no? Uh, it, it just, it really just depends on how long, you know, it's been since there's a survey, you know, sometimes there's never been a survey and you'll just have, you know, description, you know, bounded by so-and-so's property on the north, so-and-so on the east. Yep. And that's where, you know, it, it kind of sucks in that in that scenario, but then you also get to see another cool side of it where not only are you doing the deed research, yep. but you get to see the history of the property and you're following it back and you're like, okay, it's been, been in this family for so long. And then you learn like who owned the properties around it and how that transferred around. So you do get to see a, a pretty cool side of you know the property transfers and the history of it and not just going out there and laying out the lines of where it's supposed to be you become yeah. more of a historian than you yep. a surveyor at that point yeah. It's, yeah. it's really neat to see everything that you you know everything that's going on around there and understand you know how it's gotten that way yeah. Uh, yeah ethan did one the other day where he talked to the lady who lived there her family owned the house for like it's been there in her family 150 years unbelievable yeah <laughs> Yeah, those lines don't move. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those lines don't move. But that's, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I was going to ask you is talking to the landowners is probably a crucial step oh, yeah. in retracing these kind of surveys. Yes, they have a lot of, like, uh, you know, carnal knowledge or tribal knowledge, however you want to call it, of, uh, you know, where they believe the boundaries are. It, and, you know, it goes back to, 
you know, you've got to trace it back to the um, – oh, what am I looking for here? The lines of occupation. So, yep. you know, if they if they know where those lines are at, mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, granddad plowed this field 80 years ago right here, and that's what we've said has been the line the whole time, then you yep. got it. And, and a lot of the time it's great, especially if they know that information because they're willing to go walk around with you and show you exactly where it's at and it's amazing when you go back into the office and put it on the computer how well it matches up with what should be there i mean it's it's unbelievable and these we're talking like bigger properties and stuff like it that that sort of thing doesn't happen so much in town or it it does uh most time in town where you have you know those properties get transferred a lot more often yeah. and then you have stuff that'll you know it'll be a residential lot that's now been turned into a business and with that happening you know it requires all to survey mm-hmm. and so a lot of times you will get uh you won't have as much of that whereas you know you'll get these bigger uh boundaries these big farms people that are using it for hunting property mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. and it just keeps getting transferred with the same description you know from 200 years ago yep. mm-hmm. yeah and that's what makes it tough and and kentucky doesn't have a plat filing law so you know, you'll get these surveys that are done, and they'll have a deed put in that, you know, I pulled one the other day. It was like from point A to point B, you know, this direction and this feet. And, you know, it gives you the distance of the call, but you're like, what's point A? I don't know if it's a pin or if it's a tree or if it's a fence post. Like, what am I looking for? And it's because, well, we went and filed the deed. That's what we were required to do by law, but we didn't have to put the plat in there. So, oh, wow. you know, it's 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 a pain to work around sometimes, but it's a, it's a learning thing. And it takes a lot of knowledge and it, you know it helps you learn as you go really fast on what you're looking for and how to find these lines it just amazes me how different things are in every state yeah from state to state yeah. it's wild it's because indiana you know we touch indiana and indiana has a plat filing law yeah. you have to if you're a surveyor and you do a survey you've got to have the plat <laughs> filed within 60 days of the survey with the county surveyor and that's a position that we have in kentucky as a county surveyor but it's unpaid and elected uh, so oh, wow. i think there's like Sorry. five out of the 120 counties that are actually occupied and have surveyors in them. Wow. Hmm. How often are you having to rewrite legal descriptions? Does that happen a lot or no? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd say you know every time we do a survey, we're rewriting, rewriting the legal it. description to better define the property. Yeah. yeah. Any anytime we do anything with the boundary that it causes you know some type of update to it, even if it's just a retracement. Yep. If the deed's old, you know, we'll rewrite that description for the lawyer to make it a lot more understandable for the next person. So, what does a title report look like on these surveys? Is it like a, a bible of, uh, of, of uh, research, or is it smaller than what I would think it would be? Uh, it, it depends on what it is. I guess I don't think I've ever seen a title report for like a you know big farm or something that they're using as a yeah. as hunting property or something like that. But the stuff that's in town, you know, it'll be uh, you know you you'll have quite a few pages of you know research and the title opinion and all of that that goes into. Because I mean you have to line out every single thing. And as, as you're taking it back, you know you might have had you know where you know somebody you know oh we're giving you an easement to be able to park in this, but then. Yeah. You know, you got to see if that, you know, transfers forward with, you know, their kids or have yep. the property transferred or if it, you know, ended with them. What's an example of, like, maybe one of the oldest monuments called out in one of these deeds that you found? I actually have a picture if you want to see it. Do you? Yeah. It was a set stone, and the, the description was written 150 years ago. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. Stone, stone still in the ground, sticking straight so up. So awesome. And uh, the guy I was working with at the time when we went out to get it, uh, you know, we, we knew we were looking for a set stone, and I was like, there's no way it's here. You know, it's 150 years old, you know, yeah. whatever. So we're walking around. Yeah. Trips and falls on his face, flat on the ground. and stands up, and I'm like, what would you just trip over? And he's like, this stupid rock that's sticking up out of the ground. I'm like, don't touch it. That's the stone. <laughs> no that's what we way. need. That's what we're looking for. That's what we need. Don't. You told, did you tell yeah, me about I, that? I did yeah, tell you about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think cool. we found a couple, of, uh, a couple of set stones since we've been working together. Yeah. 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 And that's the, you know, that's the cool ones to find because you get on these farms. And that farm, that farm was 150 acres and had been in that family for like 200 years. Mm. I mean, it's, so cool. it was like their great, great grandfather was deeded the farm when, you know, he got done fighting in the Civil War or something like that. I mean, it was wild to follow uh-huh. the back, so the awesome. research to it and everything they had done to it. it. It used to be huge, and they've sold a lot of it off, but now the sun's taking it over and uh, going to build a house on it. And we're like, yeah. well, don't go rip that stone out of the ground when you start doing all your grade work because that's a piece of history right there. I love the history. I do yeah, too. And we, we've had some uh, pretty old trees that we found too. You know, it'll, it'll call yeah. for like a big white oak or yep. something like that, and you'll get out there, and it'll just be like, you know, just a little bit of a stump left, yep. and we're like breaking pieces of the wood off and looking at the end grain, trying to yeah. figure out what kind of tree it was. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I remember. Um, Here you go. This oh, one's wow. actually marked. 
you know, it's 24-inch beech tree yep. or 48-inch beech tree yep. marked with all the markings beech on it. Tree, that's like the hardest wood, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's hard, and they're all over the place, and they're great because they, they grow, and there's nothing that really, you know, tears them up. Yep. They're, they're not like an ash tree with the ash beetle, you know, eating everything yep. up and destroying it. So it's, it's yep. nice to find those. So you mentioned... Uh, you guys do a bunch of scanning. Oh yeah, and I know uh, you know having talked to, to Ben quite a bit, uh, you guys invested in the Navis. Yep. Yep. How's that working for you? And what oh. kind of applications do you use that for? Um, we love it. Um, you know, it, it turns out the point clouds on it are amazing when you get into it. And really get to look at. It. I'm worried I'm going to get attacked at the Trimble conference talking about Navis so on <laughs> my shoulder. We might. <laughs> no, but uh, we we're using it on all kinds of applications. Um, yeah. A few months ago, we actually did. Uh, like four buildings for an architect or a, a real estate agent who's wanting to have a more accurate floor plan. So we did that for them. And then um, here recently, we've started back working on bridges in Kentucky. You know, we've been trying to replace a thousand bridges over the past couple of years, and we've yeah. surveyed like 700 of them or something like that. And uh, we've actually gone out and started setting control and walking them all with the NAVIS and doing all the survey. You know, we can survey a bridge with the NAVIS in an hour and a half, two hours, and have everything done and then turn it to our CAD techs. That's awesome and they can model it in the office. So it doesn't matter whether it's raining or not. You know, we yeah. go out there one day, we've got the whole bridge, and they can model everything up to high accuracy detail, and it's good to go. So what's the difference in time between using a conventional scanner to, to the Navis? Um, so you can walk. We walked a 100,000 square foot building in like four hours with the Navis. And with the Trimble X7, it probably would have taken me two days. Gosh. Wow. to scan the whole thing and that's not you know the nav is the 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 one drawback to the nav is and it's really not a drawback when you think about it compared to the amount of data you get is if the jobs we work we're not allowed to use their cloud processing and their cloud processing is supposed mm. to be a lot faster but you know we've got a lot of non-disclosures and a lot of things like that that can't mm. be put on the internet yep so mm-hmm. their software that we have to use on the machine is a 10 to 1 time so if you scan for 30 minutes it's five hours processing before you push it out so if you do you know 10 hours of scans which is unlikely you're not going to do 10 hours but you know you do an hour worth of scans you're you know five hour you know 10 hours of waiting on it letting it crank before you get your point cloud back out to look at how many times has it crashed on you (laughs) Uh, i don't think we've had it crash but we have had a few where the scans wouldn't register so then we're playing with you know microstation or tbc trying to stitch them all together and make everything line up but If you haven't looked at the scans that those things put off, they're unbelievable how realistic they look and how clean they come out mm. and the pictures they put. I mean, you could you could draw a floor plan in two hours off of it. I mean, it's unreal. Awesome. It's so awesome. So what about here? Uh, let's let's get back to Trimble. <laughs> what uh, what kind of technology have you seen here that's uh, kind of spurred your interest? Oh man, um, I'm really interested to see the new. Uh, the new scanner they've got the x12 i think it is or mm-hmm. x9 that's coming out so it's going to be kind of like a it's going to kind of look like a like like a scanner you know i think it's supposed to be more long range 360 scan pretty okay. fast high accuracy yeah. so yeah, right. looking into that that i think that'll be neat to see and check out you know we use our x7 all the time i did a bridge survey the other day with it and on the interstate you know yeah. the best way to stay out of traffic is mm-hmm. to scan so you can set up on the hillside or yeah. you know right on the edge of the road and stay out of the out of traffic and get everything you need that way but you know, something with that accuracy that you don't have to set up on control or you can set control while you're scanning and yeah. be able to shoot in and after and yep. get it going, you know. It's it's great. It's going to be handy to have, and I'm hoping to get my hands on it and check it out and see if it's going to be awesome. worth us mm-hmm. making the upgrade. So what do you think's next for the whole scanning thing? I mean, every you know, obviously, you know, digital twins is being talked about all the time, and there's the metaverse, there's applications there as well. Um, I mean, what what do you see? Like, what are, you, what are you excited about five years into the future? I don't know if... You know, I haven't heard anybody talking about it, but I think five years into the future, one thing that would really excite me to see and, you know, really make me happy is file compression. Hmm. Because the scan data is, you know, I just... The size of the files. Yeah, yeah. So I just did 22 scans, and, you know, I had nine SX10 scans and 22 X7 scans. Well, that's 100 gig worth of scans, and trying to send that to somebody, you know, that's that's a huge file to push through the internet. Yeah. Well, and so, not only uh, sending it to somebody, when you're processing it, yeah. you know, it's making copies of yeah. those scans as you're going through the process. So you just have to have a massive hard drive to be able to process that data. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Supercomputers. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the next big thing. Yeah. Supercomputers in everybody's pocket. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. Why not? So what, what do you guys like about uh, QK4? 
oh man, the, the environment, you know, it's just great people to work with. We're working with people that want to advance the survey profession and, and, you know, stay into the latest and greatest stuff. And on top of everything, you know, be the, be the name makers out there and, and bring people into the, in the profession, not just let them, you know, yep. slide by. So yep. that's our yep. big thing, you know, with Ethan and I, we got into the young surveyors network. So that's the, I think the next big push to awesome. really try to get students involved and make that network with younger people to keep them going in the profession. Yeah. I think that's fantastic that, that the younger ones are starting to actually get involved and the young surveyors I've made, seen heaps of stuff lately on all of that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We're trying to get trying to get a big push yeah. on social media yeah. with it too and yeah. get out there. So you yeah. know, we just did a thing with the University of uh, Western Kentucky University mm. in, in the western part of the state and they were really interested and in, I think we're gonna end up actually going out and judging some competitions for them and trying to help out with that. Oh, so very cool. it'll be fun. It's awesome. We need to do more of that. Indeed we do. All right guys. Well uh, thank you for your time. Yeah. Yeah good it. to finally meet you Luke. Yeah. Ethan good to meet yeah. you as well. It's, it's been fun. great chatting with you guys. Oh yeah for sure. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Oh, we appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you to our 2022 Friends of the Program, Advanced Geodetic Survey, AGSGPS.com, Airworks, airworks.io, Bad Elf, bad-elf.com, Cyanic Automation, getjobbook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, Extreme Aerial Productions, extremearialproductions.com, Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz. Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com. Nettleman LC Prep, lcprep.com. North Star Surveying, northstarsurveying.com. ProStar Corporation, prostarcorp.com. Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us. Topodot, new.certainty3d.com. And finally, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.